in the final week of our series on mission. And, and I want to let you know, for, for the believers in the house, whether you're here in the house, join us for church online, I guarantee today what the subject is, you've heard from either me or somebody else. It's something that we've all heard many a times. It's, it's something that each of us is called to do. The problem is we, we allow fear or think it's someone else's job to do it. And, and the whole thing about today is we're going to talk about something that you're going to hear again, and that's telling people about your Jesus. And, and it's something that you, some of you right now are going to be saying, oh, man, you mean perhaps pastor's going to be preaching, tell me i got to go tell somebody about Jesus. Why, yes, I am. Because here's the reality of it. We've all heard the message before, right? But how many of us actually do it? See, there's a difference between knowing and doing. There's this difference between, yeah, I know the pastor, he preaches on it all the time, and, and, and I'm just not good at it, pastor. Well, well in, in today's scripture, we're actually going to look at, we're going to be in the book of Romans, and we're going to see that the Apostle Paul actually asks four different questions. And the verses we're going to be looking at is right after a set of verses that you hear me say every single Sunday. At the end of every service, you, you hear me talking about Romans 10, chapter 8, if we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and we believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Now, shortly after this, the Apostle Paul actually asks four questions. And what we want to look at today is actually what our part is in answering those four questions and what we as believers should be doing. And I think it's interesting. Back in week one of this, you know, I preached on the Great Commission uh, that many of us have made the great omission because we don't actually do what we're called to do, to, to go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, and teaching them everything that he has taught us. You know, we know what it says, but we don't do it. We actually omit it from our Christian walk because it's someone else's job. Pastor, I'm just not good at it. No one said you got to be good just got to be obedient. It just takes that obedience that God calls us to do. You don't have to get up on a stage and preach. You don't have to have a degree in theology. All you got to do is have that heart for the lost. Have a heart for those people who are hurting. Have a heart for those people who you know where they're going to spend eternity. And just want to be able to have that conversation with them. Now, as I look at the Great Commission, I thought it was pretty interesting. Have you noticed that when Jesus gave the Great Commission, he told us who we should go talk to. He told us what we should do. We should make disciples. We need to do it for all nations. But did you notice he didn't say how? You notice he didn't say, this is how you have to do it. He says, teach them everything I've taught you. But how many people in this room do you think learn the same way? Because reality, each one of us learns differently. So there's no one single approach to how to present the gospel of Jesus Christ. There's no single approach that says, this is what you've got to do. Now, there's a lot of different programs out there that will tell you, 
You've got to take these steps in order to do it. Well, the reality is there are some things that we need to do when we present the gospel and we tell people about our Jesus, but none of it's written in stone. Now, part of it I believe each one of us has to do, and we're actually going to look at that today in the book of Romans, but there's other parts of it that I know there are people in this room that would never, ever walk up to someone and say, if you were to die today, where would you spend eternity? You'd be looking and saying, well, Pastor, I ain't going to do it. And it's a reality because you know what? A lot of us aren't going to do it. We're not going to be bold enough. We're not going to be able to walk up and then explain someone when they say, well, I don't know, and we start to explain the gospel. Some people can never do it like that. And you know what? That's okay. But each one of us can present the gospel to people that we come in contact with. Every single one of us. So if you have your Bibles, we're going to be in Romans chapter 10. If you don't have a Bible with you, you can find one in the back of the pew. And the Bible in the back of the pew is going to be on page 1,303. We're going to be in verses 13 through 17. So if you would, if we can get everyone to all rise for the reading and the hearing of God's word. Romans chapter 10, verses 13 through 17. Read with me. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then can they call on him they have not believed in? And how can they believe without hearing about him? And how can they hear without a preacher? And how can they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring the good news. But not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our message? So faith comes from what is heard, and what is heard comes through the message about Christ. This is the word of God. Praise be to God. <clears throat> so kind of the whole big idea that I want to kind of touch on today is this, that, you know, hopefully we can understand that each one of us, we're commanded to share our faith. We're commanded to do what God calls us to do, and, and unfortunately, through fear, worry, and danger, we, we find reasons not to do what God calls us to do and not being obedient to God's command. So, of course, my prayer is that each one of us um, would understand that God calls us to represent him in this world. He calls us to represent him in the world and to be agents of grace and to share faith. Now, I've actually named this sermon, How Can They?, because you look at this, it's, it's four questions that the Apostle Paul asks. And when you think about it, you're like, yeah, it kind of makes sense. How can they believe in someone that they've never heard of? How, how, can, they, how can they hear, uh, believe if someone hasn't preached it? How can someone preach if they haven't been sent? And you got all these different how can they questions. Well, because there's four of them, I think there's four things that each one of us, when sharing our faith, are requirements that we need to do. And, and I think it all starts with very simple, I mean, bar none, the first thing you need to do in order to be able to share your faith is be a Christ follower. Think about it. If someone's not a Christ follower, if they haven't made Jesus the Lord of their life, how are they going to tell you about their Jesus? Now, they may know the right words to say. Maybe they've watched some videos and they've never accepted Jesus, they've never read, read God's word, they may have the right words to say, but it's not going to be 
from God. It's going to be from them themselves. So the very first thing is you got to be a believer in Jesus Christ. Step one. I think everyone can agree with that. If you're going to tell people about your Jesus, you need to know who your Jesus is, right? Okay, so that's the first basic one, very simple. I think the next thing is, as we talk about all of these, they're essential building blocks for us as we go to share our faith with others. Because ultimately, when, when we talk about how can they, I want us to be able to say they can because of this. They can because we've done what we've been called to do. We've been obedient. And, and, and that's exactly where it starts out. If we're going to be obedient, we need to live obedient. We need to live an obedient life for what God calls us to live. We need to be able to, to actually live a life that's not just an hour and 15 minutes on a Sunday. You know, that, that when we're outside, when we're in the world, when we're, when we're at our workplace or when we're at home or wherever we may be, that we live a life that honors the Lord. And I think that's one of the places it really starts. Because the reality is people are going to be looking at us, they're going to see us, they're going to see the life that we live. And, and I just, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 11 and 12 tells us this. Dear friends, I urge you as strangers and exiles to abstain from sinful desires that wage war against the soul. Conduct yourselves honorably among the Gentiles, so that when they slander you as evildoers, they will observe your good works and will glorify God on the day he visits. Now, I read a quote in a, in a book called Lifestyle Evangelism, and the author of the book said this, Christians are to be good news before they share the good news. Let me say that again. Christians are to be good news before they share the good news. So the question comes up, are you actually being the good news? Every place that you go to, are you being the good news? Because the reality is, if you're not being the good news, if people can't see your faith by the way that you're living an obedient life towards Jesus, are you really going to be able to share the gospel with them? Are you going to be able to share them and tell, oh, look at everything Jesus has done in my life when they're looking at your life going, huh? I don't want what you got. If that's what being a follower of Jesus is, guess what? I don't want no part of it. And unfortunately, there's many people in the world that have exactly that, where someone will go around, hey, man, I went to church this weekend, and, you know, I went to church, I got out of church at noontime, and 3 o'clock, they're in the bar until midnight. Or they're out there on the street corner shooting up. Or they're doing whatever it may be that the world calls them to do, but they believe that, well, I spend an hour and 15 minutes in church, I'm good. Checking boxes. We need to live an obedient life to what God calls us to do. And, and be, I, you guys hear me say it all the time. Be the difference you want to be in, see in the world. So in order to share the good news, we need to be the good news in everything we go. You know, we, we need to be understanding and, and do what God calls us to do. And, and I think that as we live for Christ, 
And as we live openly and unashamed of the gospel, it's going to open doors for those conversations with other people. It's going to open the doors for people to be like, man, I need to know what it is you got. When, when times are hard, when things aren't going right, and they see you having peace, and they see you having the strength to go forward, and they're falling apart, they're going to look to you. Man, what's different? What is different about you? And then you're able to, because you're living that obedient life for Christ, you're then able to share the peace, the love, the joy, everything that you get from, from God in those situations, you're going to be able to talk to them about. I think we all need to learn to publicly live out our belief. Publicly live out your belief. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, the people around you in public should know that you're a follower of Jesus Christ. We need to publicly live out our salvation. We need to publicly live out our faith in Christ. People should know that you are a Christ follower. Now, I didn't say Jesus freak. We all know some. Okay? <laughs> I got people raising their hands in the back. Okay? It's not about, like I said, you're never going to uh, talk someone and bring someone to accept Jesus with the large print King James Bible by beating them with it. It's not going to happen. But if you're living your life and, and people know that you're different than the world, remember what the world says good, the Bible says is bad. What the Bible says is bad, the world says good. So if we're living differently, we should be seen. We should be living that obedience of what God's Word calls us to do. And, and if we're doing that, people are going to see that difference. People are going to see the difference, and, and just like St. Francis of Assisi said, always preach the gospel, and when necessary, use words. Because trust me, when people look at your life, you may not say a word, and they will know if you're a Christ follower or not. They're going to know if you're being obedient to what God calls you to be just by the life that you live. Because if we're living a life full of sin, we're probably not living a life for Jesus. Now, it's not to say that we'll ever be perfect. We're going to mess up. We're going to sin. We're going to fall short of the glory of God. But we get that forgiveness. We get to have that conversation. And we continue to move on. And then hopefully, you know, tomorrow's sins aren't as bad as today's sins. And maybe they're not as bad as yesterday's sins. And as we, we work on this sanctification and living disobedient lifestyle, others should see the change in each one of us. So i got to ask, if we're an example of Jesus Christ in the world, what kind of example are you? If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, really think about what type of example are you to the world today? George Barna conducted a survey. It shared that half of all believers actually make an attempt to share their faith with the lost around them. Now, a very large portion of that number uh, are indirect. They share their faith just by the life that they live. They call it a, a lifestyle evangelism. You can tell that the person is a follower. Just They don't say any words, but they preach the gospel with their actions and everything that they do. Now, now, we don't have much information about actual conversions through it. You know, they didn't do a subject on that. But he does share this. 
that hundreds of thousands of Americans embrace Jesus as their Savior for the first time every year. Hundreds of thousands. But only 7% of those who accept Jesus are likely to do so actually in a direct outreach from a pastor or from a preacher inside a church. Think about that. Hundreds of thousands are going to accept Jesus, but only a small percentage is actually going to reach it by me as a pastor doing an outreach and talking to them about Jesus. That's a small amount, isn't it? So here's the reality. When someone comes into church and they accept Jesus, and you can probably, I, I really I got to reading that and I got to thinking about my own, my own salvation. And yes, there was a message inside the church that the Holy Spirit used to convict me. But my conviction started way before I walked inside that church. And my conviction started because of a friend who was living that lifestyle for Christ. And was willing to, hey, you need to come to church with me. Hungover, I went to church. And the message, I'll tell you, the, the message I told you all before, I swear the pew underneath me was on fire. Like Satan was right there burning my butt, made me get up and come down the altar. Come down to the altar and give my life to Jesus that day. But it didn't start with that message. So if only 7% will do it because I go out there and I outreach to them, that means 93% of the people that come inside a church and accept Jesus Christ as personal Lord and Savior come because of you. Think about that. 93% of the people that come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ come because of someone living a lifestyle of evangelism, someone being Jesus with skin on in their life. That all of a sudden the person, man, I, I need what this person's got. And then they, hey, come to church. They come to church and they accept Jesus. That's an amazing number. That I don't think any of us really think about. We all think about it's something else or, hey, it's great. People come in, but it started before they ever came in the church. So it starts when you have that first conversation. And sometimes that first conversation is just the way you act in a situation that is different than what the world calls us to be. So, of course, you know, we got to have Jesus as our personal Lord and Savior. We need to live obedient. <clears throat> and now the next thing, we need to act obedient. So, so living and acting, a little different. A little different lifestyle here. Um, in the God Chaser, the author of the book said this, The gospel of Jesus Christ is a practical gospel that is as concerned with doing something as it is with being something. Good works won't get you into heaven. But once you receive new life from Jesus, he expects you to do what he did for the rest of your life. It comes with the territory. Godly people do godly things, or they aren't godly. Let me say that again. Godly people do godly things, or they aren't godly. So when you look at your life, you got to ask, man, am I doing godly things? Am I doing what God called me to do? Am I, am I really being Jesus with skin on? 
Philippians chapter 2, verse 6 through 8. Who existing in the form of God did not consider equality with God as something to be exploited. Instead, he emptied himself by assuming the form of a servant, taking on the likeness of humanity. And when he had come as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even to death on a cross. That's what Jesus did. So if Jesus did that, i got to ask her, are we doing that same thing? Do we humble ourselves? For some of us, man, it's all about the pride. I'm big, bad, I'm in charge. Whatever it may be, he humbled himself. Becoming obedient to the point of death. So if Jesus was obedient to the call that his father had on him, and if we're going to follow Jesus, shouldn't we be obedient to the call he has on us? And we should act the way he calls us to act and do what he calls us to do? So i got to ask, when's the last time you acted out for God? See, it's easy. I guarantee we can remember the last time we acted out <clears throat> against God. Yeah, Holy Spirit come up to you, hey, I, I, you, you need to go do this. Nah, I can't do that. Hey, you need to talk to this person about Jesus. Nope, can't do that. Hey, that's a homeless person right there. You need to get them something to eat. Nope, ain't going to do that. See, we act out against what we're called to do, but when's the last time you acted out and do what he calls you to do and acted out for God? Now, not being crazy, not being over the top, but actually doing what he called you to do. Being obedient when the Holy Spirit says go to actually go and do it. To actually be obedient to that call and, and do what he calls us to do and be who he calls us to believe. See, as believers, we have to learn to set ourselves aside and become willing servants for what Jesus calls us to do and be willing to do what Jesus himself did, obedient to the call of his Father all the way to death, willingly going to the cross for you and I because that's how much he loved us and that's how obedient he was to his Father. So as believers, we got to understand that when we receive salvation through Jesus, that, that we, our earthly flesh, our earthly bodies, our earthly desires need to be put aside. And we need to start acting more and more like what God's word calls us to act like. Be the change that we want to see. Be the difference in the world. James tells us that faith without works is dead. Now think about that. Now works will never get you to heaven. And y'all know I was raised Catholic. I can talk about, hey, I got to do this and this and this. And, and, and mention, you know, Saturday I need to go to church for confession. So that way after I confess my sins to the priest, then on Sunday I can take communion. And, and then I got to do it all over again. And, and then it got to this point of, hey, I can really do what I want during the week. Because Saturday I'm going to confession and everything's going to be good. You know, and, and you play this game, and then it comes out to this whole, you know, what can I do to get to heaven? Well, here's the reality. The only thing you can do to get to heaven is accept Jesus. That's where it starts. How good of a person you are, never going to get you into heaven. How much you do for other people, never going to get you in heaven. And I've said it before, because unfortunately, if that did it, 
there are people who are non-Christians who outdo you as a Christian every day. There are people out there who will volunteer to feed the homeless. They'll give the shirt off their back. They'll give money. They'll do everything they can and show love to other people, but the last thing they have is a relationship with Jesus Christ. And their first words will be, well, I'm a good person. You know what? You are. You're a good person, but guess what? You fall short. Just like every one of us as Christ followers, we fall short. The difference is having Jesus stand there as our advocate in front of God so that we can go through with his righteousness. Because none of us are righteous. All of us are sinners. We all fall short. But we need to be the difference and act the way God calls us to act, to be who he calls us to be. The next thing, so we not only need to be a follower of Jesus, we need to be obedient to what he calls us to do. We need to act out or have those actions of our faith where we're not just checking boxes, we're actually living that life. And the next thing we need to do is we need to, to speak. Some of y'all are sitting there, ah, oh, pastor. Here's where I draw the line, pastor. I can live that life. I can be obedient. I can be different than the world. But, man, you want me to talk to somebody? I don't. He does. He wants you to talk to somebody. He wants you to speak with obedience about your relationship with him. Romans 10, 14 and 15, the four questions. How then can they call on him they have not believed in? And how can they believe without hearing about him? And how can they hear without a preacher? And how can they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring the good news. You're called to put your feet one foot in front of the other for the gospel of Jesus Christ. Think about that. That also, just put one foot in front of the other, and soon you'll be walking across the foot, right? We all remember that. I don't even remember what show it was from, but I remember the song, which is sad, which, which is really sad. But how beautiful are the feet that bring the gospel. Every one of us is called to bring the gospel, to use our feet to actually move, to move and do what we're called to do and, and bring the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we need to understand that when we share our faith, it's not about how many people are going to accept Jesus. I want, I want you to understand that. Sharing your faith, just because you share your faith, doesn't mean everyone's going to accept Jesus. It doesn't mean they're going to be, oh my God, Mike, that was such a great testimony. I want to know you, Jesus. It doesn't always happen. Now, does it happen that way? Yes. There are times it happens that way. You tell someone about Jesus and they drop to their knees. They want to accept Jesus right then and there. They're looking for water to get baptized in. I mean, it's an amazing feeling when that happens. But it don't happen like that too often. We plant a whole bunch of seeds. And we continue to plant seeds. And we continue to water the seeds. And we may never, ever see the harvest until we get to heaven. And then you may be surprised. Wow. I remember when I was 12 years old, I talked to that person about Jesus, and they laughed at me. And here they are in heaven. 
they accepted Jesus, and it, it goes all the way back to this seed I planted that others kept to watering. And, and then it finally it, it, it clicked. And, and because of that lifestyle of evangelism, because of doing what God called me to do, people are going to be in heaven. And guess what? We may not know any of them. But because of this seed, because of you speaking to someone about your Jesus, it can affect thousands of people's lives by a single conversation. And we're called to speak about our God. We need to live out our faith. We need to do the things that God called us to do. And I love the way John puts it very clearly in 1 John chapter 1, verse 1 through 3. It says this, What was from the beginning, what we have heard, what we have seen with our eyes, what we have observed and have touched with our hands concerning the word of life, that life was revealed, and I want you to read this with me, and we have seen it and we testify and declare it to you, the eternal life that was with the Father and was revealed to us, what we have seen and heard, we also declare to you. So if you've seen it, you've heard it, you've got to declare it to someone else. And why do we do that? So that you may also have fellowship with us, and indeed our fellowship is with who? The Father, with the Son, and with Jesus Christ. That's who we got. With the Father, Son, we got the Holy Spirit, with Jesus Christ, and we do it because we declare what we've seen and what we've heard. Living out that lifestyle and speaking of what you have seen, what you have heard, and what he has done in your life. The reality is no one can tell your story. No one can tell your story except for you. And, and it's being obedient to say, hey, I, I need this. Understand, the early church was able to go around and say, man, you remember when we were by the Sea of Galilee and, and you know, Jesus was on the shore and he was making us food? You know, they had them stories to tell. Man, remember that night we'd been rowing you know, for four or five hours and Jesus just comes walking across the water? Man, remember that time them lepers came up and, 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 and Jesus healed them and only one turned back to thank him? Yeah, they were able to tell these stories because they were eyewitnesses. But guess what? Every one of us has a story to tell about Jesus. Man, I remember this time Jesus showed up in my life. I remember this time there was no way out, and I prayed, and bam, there it was. God provided a way. And we're able to tell these same stories and able to tell others so what? So that they can have fellowship with us. Fellowship with us with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, to be able to be a part of family, to be a part of the kingdom of heaven. Because that's what we should be about is kingdom work. Be about his work and tell people what he's done. I think far too often we, we just, we think that timing's got to be perfect and, you know, maybe the sun's got to be in the right place or the moon's got to be in the right place or you know, it's got to be this perfect scenario to have a conversation with someone about Jesus. The reality is it can happen anywhere. I had read a story once about a guy in the, in the Air Force. He was, uh, 
they had a group together and they were just going around. They were doing like evangelizing and, and having these meetings and, and talking to people. And, and as the guy left the room um, on base, he was going by and there was this airman sitting there at a, in a chair and he was drunk, had beer in his, a beer bottle in his hand. You could smell the beer on his breath and on his clothes. And, and the guy, as he's walking by, you know, God, t- the Holy Spirit, hey, hey, tell him about me. So he's like, what? Tell him about me. So this airman stopped and he says, hey, uh, I- I'd like to talk to you about my Jesus. And the guy, drunk guy, basically told him, dude, I don't want to know about you. I don't want to know about your Jesus. Well, yeah, I understand that, but but can we just hear my story? So God, fine, tell me your story. So this airman went on to tell him about his story, about about the lifestyle he used to have, where he was an alcoholic and and all these things that bad things happened in his life, the day he met Jesus and what Jesus had done in his life going forward. And, and he gave this entire testimony and thought to himself, man, I know why God wanted me to talk to him. He's, he's sitting here, he's drunk, and my testimony goes with, that's why. And he got done, the guy looked at him, he goes, I still don't care about your story or your Jesus. So the guy walked away, the airman left. Obedient to what God called him to do, he planned to see, told him what everyone in this room would think, man, he had an alcohol problem, he met Jesus, came over it, this guy, it's his story, he's got he's to do it. Well, the next day the airman woke up and heard the story of an airman they found dead in the morning, sitting in a chair with a beer bottle in his hand. He did what he was called to do. He told him about Jesus. The reality is not everyone will accept Jesus. There's going to be people in this world who do not accept Jesus. No matter what you say, no matter what you do, they're not going to accept Jesus. It's a very unfortunate thing. We talked about it Saturday in Bible studies and earlier in the book of Romans. You know, there are people who just aren't going to accept Jesus. There's people who will not accept it, and unfortunately, there's nothing that we can do about it. All we can do is plant seeds. All we can do is live a life, be obedient, and speak to people about Jesus. I remember having a mom come up to me one time and was talking to me. She says, you know, Pastor, you know, we, we've talked about evangelism. We've talked about all this stuff, and she was trying to get her kids to be different, you know, and, and be different than the kids in school. And, and she come up, she says, I got to tell you this story. She said, so so little Johnny was was playing with his friend uh, Jimmy, and and they were playing cards and stuff, and all of a sudden John, Johnny comes up, and he's in the kitchen. I'm asking him what's going on. I thought you guys were playing cards. He goes, well, we were, but but the cards we were playing, we got in a really bad accident. And, and so I asked Jimmy, I said, hey, Jimmy, um, this was a really bad accident. If you were in this accident and you died, where would you spend eternity? And little Jim, Jimmy's like, well, I don't know. So little Johnny explained to him the gospel. 
And when the mom told me that, she's like, man, I need that childlike faith. My son was able to take playing with cars and them wrecking and presenting the gospel to someone who then wanted to accept Jesus. And I think sometimes we need that childlike faith. See, I think we get old and we forget about the day that we accepted Jesus. We, we forget about the way that we felt. We, we forget about that childlike faith where everything seemed brand new. It's a new day every morning. Every single day is a new day. Every single day we have to have that childlike faith where we're just obedient, listening to what God calls us to do, living out the life that he called us to live, and talking to other people about it. It should never, ever get old, but unfortunately we just go through life. We, we get caught up telling people. We get caught up in this world thinking... You know, Pastor, I've talked to them enough. I've already told them about Jesus like 50 times, and maybe it's going to take 50 more. We never know, but we do know that now is the day of salvation. Today could be the day. And unfortunately for a lot of us, we get caught up where, you know, the, the people knew us when we were back here. If people knew us before we accepted Jesus, and, and that's what they remind us of, uh, of that person that we used to be, not the new creation that we become. You know, after we've accepted Jesus, we, we put those old things aside and we're trying to live this new life, but people always want to point us back to that. Oh, you remember, yeah, guess what? I remember when I did that. By the way, you know that was like 30 years ago? Look at the last 30 years. Look at the last 10 minutes. But man, they want to point you all the way back to who you were back then. Live your life for today. And let, hey, you know what? Yeah, that is exactly who I used to be. Used to be. Look at the way I live my life now. Am I doing what God calls me to do? Am I being obedient to live my life? Am I being obedient to act on what God calls me to do? Am I being obedient to speak his truth into other people's lives? And, and as I said, the Barna Research, guess what? 93% of the time someone comes to Jesus, it starts out here. It doesn't start with a pastor. It doesn't start inside the church. It starts in your home, in your workplace. Wherever you may be is where it starts. When you start to plant those seeds into somebody's life and they continue to be watered, they continue to be nourished, and then comes a time that, man, I need to go to church. Then they come into the church, they hear the entire gospel message, and they turn around, they make that walk up to the altar and accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior. But it starts with you. It starts with each one of you. How can they believe in someone they've never heard of? If they've never heard of them, you've never talked about them. Think about that. If someone has never heard of Jesus who's in your life, it's because you have never talked about them. 
That'd be pretty crazy, wouldn't it? Going to a funeral of someone that you've had a thousand conversations with and come to find out that they had no affiliation with the church, no affiliation with religion, nothing whatsoever, and you have to sit there and be like, man, you know, I've talked to them for years. You know, on Friday, I did a ride-along, and on Friday alone in West Boynton, in a seven-hour period, I had to go to two different homes where someone had passed away. Both of them homes, talking to the others in the home, the people who passed away had no religious belief system. Think about that. In the United States today, they could walk inside Walmart, buy a Bible. They should hear about it from neighbors, from friends, from family, from whatever. No religious affiliation whatsoever. Didn't attend a church. Weren't involved in anything at all. One of them, I talked to the wife, and she said, well, you know, I was raised Catholic, but he didn't believe, and so I haven't been to church in years and haven't written nothing. And I'm thinking, really? So two people, by all accounts, will spend eternity in hell from the conversation that I had with the people who were there about no religious affiliation, didn't believe in God, didn't go to church. And you mean to tell me that no one in their life, no one around them was a believer or lived a lifestyle of evangelism to make that person ask that question, man, what is different about you? What's different? One of them was in and out of rehab centers. In and out of rehab centers, uh, drank too much, fell, hit her head on the wall in a house alone, and that was the end of it. We need to be the difference. We need to be willing to answer them questions and you know, when it, the Bible says, how can they? You know how they can? By each one of us doing what we're called to do. By each one of us sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. And like I said at the beginning, every one of you have heard it before, right? You need to tell someone about your Jesus. You need to evangelize to people. The reality is, most of us don't. It's someone else's job. Man, they don't listen to me. That's okay. Not everyone that you talk to, like I said, you're not going to have a conversation with someone and all of a sudden they're just going to be happy, happy, joy, joy, except Jesus and be, oh, it's not always rainbows and puppy dogs. The reality is you may talk to someone over and over and over again. You may never see the day they accept Jesus. It doesn't mean we don't stop talking. We don't stop living. We don't stop acting like Jesus is the ruler of our life. We continue to do that each and every day so that we can be the difference in the world, that we can actually have a life that is on mission doing what he has commanded us to do. Five weeks from today is Easter. Without Easter, our faith would be nothing, right? 
If Jesus did not die and rise again, our faith would be nothing. Most people will come to church two times, well, yeah, two times a year, really. Christmas and Easter, you know them CEOs, Christmas and Easter only people. I want to encourage you guys. For the next four weeks, pray for four people. Four people in your life that you know that you've planted seeds. Well, maybe someone you need to plant seeds with. Over the next four weeks, four different people, take time to actually pray for them. Take time to actually tell them about Jesus. Live that lifestyle of Jesus in your life in front of them. And then invite them to church. Invite them to church. Do that lifestyle evangelism. And then let God do the rest on Easter Sunday. Because wouldn't it be amazing if someone in your life that doesn't know Jesus and you prayed with them and talked with them for the next four weeks on Easter Sunday accepted Jesus as their personal Lord and Savior and then wanted to be obedient and get baptized afterwards? Wouldn't that be amazing? Yeah, no, maybe. That'd be pretty cool, wouldn't it? Well, what if during the next four weeks you're having a conversation with someone and it's actually one of those moments where, oh my God, how do I accept Jesus? And you're able to lead someone through a prayer of salvation? That'd be pretty cool too, right? But guess where it starts? You need to pray. Think of four people in your life that need to know Jesus and start to pray for them. Because here, I'll tell you what my prayer is. My prayer is that the burden of the lost overwhelms each one of you to the point of despair. If you know someone who's lost, that it overwhelms you for the next week, two weeks, three weeks, it should bother you that someone that you know doesn't know Jesus. It should hurt, especially when it's a family member or a very good friend. I pray each one of us is convicted by the Holy Spirit to share our faith. I pray that each one of us is convicted to share the gospel with somebody. That we don't just go through the motions, that we actually do and we live a life on mission. We are commanded to share our faith. Fear, worry, danger, thinking you don't know what to say, often holds us back from being obedient to God's commands. Be obedient to what God calls you to do. He calls us to represent him in this world by sharing his grace, and by sharing our faith in him. But it takes taking a step. It takes that step of obedience. It takes knowing him as your Lord and Savior first, but then actually doing what he calls you to do. At the very beginning of his message, I told you, you've heard it from me or heard it from someone else. Y'all need to preach. Y'all need to tell people about Jesus. And some of you sitting there, like I said at the beginning, going just check out, man. I, 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 Pastor, I've heard it too many times. The reality is you can hear it till the cows come home. If you ain't doing it, are you being obedient? Knowing and doing are two different things. 
There's a lot of people that know what God's Word says. There's a whole lot of people who know it but don't do it. Be doers of what it calls us to do. Faith without works is dead. Part of the work that God has for each one of us is for us to be obedient, to not only live for Him, but to tell others about Him. So I got a question. Are you being obedient? And it all starts with that relationship. So if you're here today and you don't have a relationship with Jesus, you can be sitting there saying, Pastor, you just don't know. You don't know my story. You don't know, you know, hey, you said you were hung over the day you went to church. That's right. I was hung over the day I walked in and accepted Jesus. See, but I was raised in church. I was drugged to church every single time the doors were open. I didn't start that personal relationship until I was 18 years old. And yes, 18 years old, hung over. In the military, up in the Carolinas. But I had a friend who cared that much about me and said, man, you need to come to the church with me. And I went and I accepted Jesus that day. He got to see it. Still a friend of mine today. The day I've got ordained to be a pastor, I called him up. It's been an amazing ride. All because he lived that lifestyle of evangelism. He was obedient to what he called what he was called to do. That's what God wants for each one of us. So if you think your life's that bad, just remember that we're all sinners, we all fall short. Every one of us is a sinner. We all fall short of the glory of God. So the person sitting next to you in church is a sinner, just like you. But yet God loved us enough that he sent his son to die on a cross for us. And as I said at the very beginning, and in Romans chapter 10, verse 8, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That's the beginning. But then it's about living that life. Being obedient to what God calls you to do. And for some of you, that obedience is actually telling someone about Jesus. Because some of you may be sitting there saying, man, I don't remember the last person I told about Jesus. My family knows I go to church, but that's about it. Live the life you're called to live. So if you've never accepted Jesus, today is the day of salvation. If you've been living that life of, yeah, I'm a Christian, I go to church, but that's where it ends, you're really not living the life of a Christian because you're not living the life that God called you to live. Be obedient. Be obedient to live that life. Be obedient to act when the Holy Spirit tells you to act. And be obedient to speak to others about your Jesus. Amen? Heavenly Father, we come to you today and we thank you. We thank you for this day. We thank you for your word. And, and Lord, as we ask in, in your word, how can they? Well, Lord, they can because of us. They can because of us being obedient to you. Lord, as you not only speak to us, as you speak through us, Lord that we're able to then tell others about you. We can live our life in obedience to you. We can walk our life, 
act on what you call us to do, but most importantly, Lord, we can speak on what you tell us to speak on. Lord, so many people come to know you just by the way we are. When we live differently than the world. Lord, help us to live differently than the world. Lord, help us to, to have a hurt for those who are hurting. Have us have a willingness to talk to those who, who don't know you. And Lord, have a willingness to be obedient to your call in our lives. So Lord, I just, my prayers, if there's anyone here today that don't know you, that, that they will take those steps to, to start that relationship with you. And Lord, if there's anyone here who, who hasn't been obedient to your call, that a message that they've heard in the past, will make them actually take those steps. Lord, that your Holy Spirit will convict us and guide us to, to be obedient and be who you've called us to be. And Lord, as we pray for people who don't know you, Lord, I ask that you give us those God opportunities, those opportunities that we're able to have those conversations and have a lifestyle of evangelism in front of them so that you will be glorified. Lord, make the prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, thanks again for joining us here today at FBC Lantana for Church Online. And, and, and if, if you enjoyed what you saw today, I'd just like to ask you to go ahead, go to our website and, and help support this ministry as we try and outreach and reach the lost for Jesus Christ. And you can just go to our website, fbclantana.com slash give, um, and you can make an online donation right there. Again, I encourage you to get connected to a local church, and especially if during this message you felt compelled to accept Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, definitely go tell somebody. Let someone know because that is the greatest decision you could ever make in your life. And, and from there, get connected to a local church. Hey, we would love to provide you with some resources with that. You can go to our website, fbclantana.com, and on the very front page, you say, give my life to Jesus. Click on there, and at the bottom of there, there's some links and some good information for you. And just wanted to say, welcome to the family.
Beauty of your face Through tears and joy 